listening to the Legends Universe Podcast. This podcast is for creative listeners and readers who love being immersed in new worlds filled with heroes worth cheering for. I'm your host, author Joe Field, and before we continue with the slug, let's listen in on what's happened so far. He knew right then and there it would be the last time he would ever see the Cathedral of Lucha Libre. Pedro was standing in the middle of one of the back rows. The crowd suddenly cheered for someone who made their way up the platform steps. For those of you who might not know me, my name is Max Sawyer and I'm the loot of Arrowhead Nation. There will be a tournament held in Center City starting in just two days. It will be a three-day long tournament featuring two fighters from each of the four quadrants. The winner of the tournament will serve as the governor of Finska Nation. We need one more volunteer from your quadrant to join Ruxton. What's your name? Uh, uh, Pedro, sir. I'm a construction worker from Panama City. After this lineup is over, I want you to meet me at the far side of the square behind the playground. Max sprinted right at Pedro and launched his body through the air. Without thinking, Pedro ducked at the last possible moment and hooked his arm behind Mac and drove him into the puddle. What are you doing? You're La Babosa. This is where you've been hiding. You're right. I'm La Babosa. And it's a pleasure to meet you, Max Sawyer. You need to continue to fight. And I need your help here in Finska. It's just too dangerous. There are men back in Mexico that want me dead. None of the fights will be televised and the chances of the slug being discovered outside of Finska is very unlikely. Will you lace up your boots again and help us restore Finska? Give me a day to think about it. Alright folks, get ready. Episode 3 is about to begin right now. Quadrant 3 in Finska. The slug locked the door in his dorm room and pulled the handle to make sure it was secure. His room was just one of countless rooms in an old university. Most of the campus was destroyed by the tsunami, so the building was now used for migrant construction workers. The room had stained walls with a narrow bed on one side and a small desk on the other. Standing between the two main pieces of furniture, the slug could reach out and touch both of the side walls. This must be what prison feels like, he thought. There was a small window with empty Coke bottles lining the ledge. He had a half-finished bottle of Coke on the desk. He reached for the bottle and finished it off with a single gulp. The constant drone of a fan in the top corner of the room sent a shiver through his body. He peeled off his wet clothes and hung them on hangers beneath the fan. He sat down on the edge of the bed and felt springs flex beneath his body. Reaching under the bed, he grabbed a leather duffel bag and brought it up on his lap. It was all he was able to grab at his home in Mexico City before he fled the country. There was a combination lock that connected the zippers of the bag and prevented it from being open. He twisted the dials to the correct code and the lock popped open. Zipping the bag open, his nose was hit by the familiar smell of sweaty leather and satin. The long purple cape was on top and he pulled it out first. Right next to the emblem of the slug was a hole. He pushed an index finger through the hole and remembered how close the cartel's henchmen were to shooting him at the arena. He took out his arm cuffs, pants, boots, and then his mask. He heard someone walk by in the hallway outside and then a few moments later a door opened and closed. He took his wet hat and glasses off and tossed them aside. He grabbed his mask and pulled it over his head for the first time since leaving Mexico. He felt a jolt of energy fill him, like he was whole again. Keeping his mask on, the slug looked down in the bottom of the duffel bag. There were three items left. He grabbed all three of them and moved over to his desk. He gently placed them on his desk and clicked on a curved light that extended up from the back of the desk. He grabbed the first item, his rosary prayer beads. He instinctively started running his fingers over the beads in his right hand. With his other hand, he picked up a picture of his late abuela. Guadalupe. The edges of the picture were worn and the photo itself cream in color. It showed a young and confident Guadalupe posing under an umbrella. Where is the confidence of your kin now? 
He was very young when his parents were killed unexpectedly in a car crash. They came from nothing and saved up every extra penny for years to buy a car. They were excited to take their new vehicle out on a date night, their first in years. The slug stayed with his abuela in the small crackerjack box his family and abuela called home. They lived on the edge of Mexico City in the poorest part of Sinodad Neza. It wasn't much, but they made it their home. He remembered Guadalupe crying late into the night when she heard the news of the crash. He was too young to process it at the time, but he was scared to see his abuela crying for the first time he could recall in his life. After the death of his parents, Guadalupe stepped in and raised him. She leaned on the Catholic Church to fill in where she couldn't. She encouraged the slug to follow his dreams. Every time he told her he couldn't do something, she would slap him hard on the wrist. You have a warrior spirit within you, mi nieto. He remembered her telling him that almost every day of his life. Then she would add, you can do anything you set your mind to. He gently set down her photo and picked up the last item. It was a wrinkled poster that Guadalupe grabbed off a lamppost in the street after his first AAA match. She brought it home and hung it prominently on the living room wall. It featured a picture of him in his full La Babosa attire, ready to take on the world. Where's that fire now? He dropped the poster to the desk and reached up to touch his mask. Are you going to face your fears or hide forever? The next day... Quadrant 4 in Pinska. The chalky scent of cut drywall and spackle lingered in the air. The drum of a gyrating jackhammer on the pavement outside became the metronome for the bustling construction site in Quadrant 4. The slug was hanging sheetrock with one of his fellow construction workers on the third story of the building. He was helping build a new residential apartment building in the southwest corner of Pinska. It was the area of the city hit hardest by the earthquake and tsunami. The slug used his electric drill to twist a drywall screw through the sheetrock and secure it to the wooden frame. He looked over at the other worker to see if he was ready for the next sheet. Hey, I forgot to mention, the worker next to him spoke up when the jackhammer paused for a moment. Cutter wants to see you. Why me? The slug asked. No clue. You just told me to tell you. Guess I forgot to mention it to now. I better go check in. I'll be right back. The slug repositioned his hard hat and slid his glasses up on the brim of his nose. He put his drill through a loop on his construction belt and walked over to the service elevator. What does he want? Did he catch me arriving late again? The slug walked by the arena in Center City on his way to work, which made him late. He peeked up at the board at the front gate of the arena when he passed and noticed the empty slot on the board for Quadrant 3. The rest of the quadrants had their two fighters already. To his chagrin, his construction manager's name was listed on the board for Quadrant 4. It almost made him want to sign up right then and there for a chance to fight the man that called him Pedro. Almost. The slug shook his head. He remembered when he became famous as a wrestler, he received some real money for the first time in his life. He decided to use most of the money to build homes for poor people around Mexico City. The money he didn't spend on gambling anyway. He didn't want people less fortunate than him to experience what he had experienced growing up. He oversaw many of the projects personally spending long hours down at the construction sites. That's how we learned to build, and that's why Finska became a logical place to flee to. Finska was a great place to hide with its limited government oversight, plus it allowed him to help others through these construction projects. But just like in Mexico, he watched Cutter take shortcuts to save on construction costs. His shortcuts were to the detriment of future tenants and likely to pad his own wallet. It's one of the main reasons he started showing up on site at his projects in Mexico. He noticed when he was there, people wouldn't cut corners or skim off the top. It irritated him to no end to see Cutter doing the same things here in Finska with no one to hold him in check. He made his way down the service elevator to the ground floor. When the doors opened, he saw Cutter standing over the shoulder of one of the younger workers who was operating the jackhammer. Cutter was leaning on the giant sledgehammer he always kept with him. The slug walked toward them, and when Cutter spotted him, he peeled away from the jackhammer and approached. You wanted to see me? 
This lug called out as the jackhammer started up again. Cutter brought the sledgehammer up and over his shoulder and motioned for the slug to follow him. He was tall and thick, like a giant vanilla milkshake, without the cherry on top. He stopped on the far side of the construction site and turned toward the slug. Look, Pedro, I noticed you were late again this morning. Sorry, I was, the slug started. I don't want to hear it. Cutter interrupted. I know you're from some Latin American poop hole country, and your culture loves to be tardy and take siestas all day. The slug started to grind his teeth, trying not to engage Cutter in his rhetoric. He fantasized about ripping that sledgehammer away from Cutter and smacking him right between the eyes. That's not all. I noticed been using way more than your allotted quota for materials. You're wasting screws and spacing the frames too close together, Cutter continued. I'm going to dock your pay today, and any time in the future you don't arrive on time or use too many materials, you work for free those days, Cutter leaned forward. That means no dinero. No dinero. He spoke in a deliberately slow pace, like how parents speak to their babies. Do you understand, oh? I don't understand jerks, the slug muttered under his breath. What'd you say? Cutter towered over him. You better speak up when you're talking to me, boy. Since his meeting with Mac, the slug imagined he was holding his finger on a light switch and had the switch flipped halfway up. Not enough to turn the light on, but with just a little more pressure, it would turn all the way on. Cutter gave him the last bit of pressure he needed. The light switch was fully turned on now. The slug unclipped his construction bell and turned it upside down. Tools and screws fell on the ground in front of Cutter's boots. Here, you can have the rest of my materials. I quit. Cutter snarled his teeth and his face burned red. He looked like he was about to take a swing at him with a sledgehammer. Instead, he pointed off in the distance. Fine, get the heck out of here and go back to whatever backwater cesspool you crawl out of. The slug ignored Cutter as he walked off the construction site. He marched straight to Center City without slowing down or stopping. He noticed a group of people standing around the tournament board as he approached the front gate of the arena. He heard them discussing fighters by name. One person mentioned Cutter's name. Another raved about Sledge. The slug marched right through the center of the group and grabbed the permanent marker that hung below the board. He reached up and found the remaining empty slot for Quadrant 3 and wrote in all caps, THE SLUG. Thank you for listening to the Legends Universe podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode to see what happens when the slug fights in his first match of the tournament. Also, make sure to claim your free copy of the entire written version of the slug and discover all our universe has to offer at legendsuniverse.net. That's legendsuniverse.net. Until next time, this is author Joe Field. Chop suey!